When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With her 13th Best Original Song Oscar nomination, May It Be a Charm for songwriter Diane Warren. She is up for the song Somehow You Do, sung by Reba McIntyre from the film Four Good Days. Diane Warren is here with us on Crew Call. Tell us about what was the first song that you wrote for a movie? Let's go back to the beginning. The first song you wrote for a movie and why do you love the songwriting process for movies? Because it's not for everyone. It's not for every performer. Sometimes there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. I I do best when there's one cook. (laughs) 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 And some cold cooks like in the, the, no, no, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the rhythm of the night, you know, the DeBarge record was for Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, you know, and that was, you know, it's that, yeah, that was like my, my and also my first big hit, really, you know, um, which was in 1885, I mean, 1995. <laughs> 1885! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wrote it when I was like, like, I was a very precocious child, and I wrote it when I was five, and um, yeah, and so, yeah, um, that, and and I, I love writing songs for movies. I do. But but tell me about that. What was, I mean, that's a fantastic song, Rhythm of the Night. That's like. Thank you. I mean, that is, you think about the 1980s and you think about my junior high dance. Hello. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's love. It's everything. It's, 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 but tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about that process. What was. What was magical about it? What was kinetic? I mean, everything. I mean, look, I can't remember what I did two weeks ago, so I can't remember everything about that. But I remember how excited I was that that they chose my song. Um, And I think there were probably other songs submitted or, you know, most likely, you know, for that movie. And, um, yeah, so it was my... um, my my, I have, a, I have a fun memory of that. Was the first time I got nominated for Golden Globe was was with Rhythm of the Night, and my dad. I went with my dad, and he thought I was going to win. And Ed Bagley Jr. was sitting at, at the, our table, and my dad borrowed his napkin to write my acceptance speech. The first of many <laughs> that got <laughs> that didn't get used. So so that was my first one. Um. So, tell me about you, you know. Someone was, no one writes a bridge like Diane. Bridges are that, important. I like that. That is the Einstein in her. Who says that? Uh, well, I was curious. Tell me about writing bridges and just your inspirations. And and you you nail them. You make them iconic. Yeah, I think I think every part of a song is important, you know, um, 
you know, the, obviously the hook, the chorus is is the meat of the song. You know, so to me, you know, a verse and, and a B, I write good B sections too. Like B sections are really important. You know, but but a bridge, you know, it literally is a bridge taking you to that last part of the song. And so I'll sit and I won't even work on the bridge till I'm done with everything else on the song though. Like till I have the chorus written, all the verse, all the lyrics, basically everything's done before I go to the bridge. Wow. Unless, wow. I, unless I had something that was a piece of a song, you know, of, a ver of the verse of that song, and I go, oh, that'll make a good bridge, but it doesn't sound good there. So something like that. I want to go back to Rhythm of the Night. Did you know it was going to be a hit? Did you know it was going to be as huge as it? Do you ever know that some of these songs are going to be as big as they are? Yeah, I know, when, I know what a hit song is, but there's a lot that goes into a song becoming a hit. So when I wrote Rhythm of the Night, or a lot of these other songs, I mean, I, like, they sound like hits to me, you know. <clears throat> I grew up listening to the radio. I grew up, you know, on, on hit songs and records. That's all I ever listened to. Um, so I know what that is, and I know when I write ones, I get that feeling. But, you know, you've got to have a lot of, the, you know, the right artist has to do it at the right time, and they have to promote it, you know, and, you know, all that stuff. So the label has to promote the record. The artist has to get behind the song. Radio has to play it you know, all kinds of things that go in that aren't in my control. My, my control is to write as great a song as I can write. But, the, you know, what's interesting is there, and I, I mean, and it's, we there was a time when there was the number one movie and it had the number one album and the number one hit single. And, and, and sometimes these, these, these singles were bigger than the movie themselves. Yeah, yeah. What's your take on that now? Is that still pop? Like, what's still possible? Is it's that still possible? It's still possible. You know, it again. The, the you know, everything has to be aligned. You know, um, you know the the you know you could have a great song in a in a great movie. The same as you know, I could have you know, I don't want to miss a thing in a movie right now. You know, but what if the mm -hmm. label didn't want to promote it? You know, then it, then it's not going to be a hit, right? So everything has to be, you know aligned to, to, for, to make that happen. Yeah, you could still have big hits from movies. Like, that didn't stop. Now, tell us about your new album. It's, it's, it's a collection of everything. Yeah, it's it's me being DJ Diane. So it's um, <laughs> it's what a DJ does. It's what you know, DJ JJ Khaled or Mark Ronson or Kelvin Harris or any of these people do, which is you know I I, I you know basically you know curated an album of all kinds of because I write all kinds of songs. I I, I like you know, I write songs in every genre of music. So I wanted the, my album to reflect that. You know, so I wanted to have you know. You have a big ballad, the John Legend ballad, but then you have, you know, G's and Carlos Santana doing a song. Then you have Louis Fonzi doing a song, you know, and then you have Ty Dolla Sign. And then you have Marin Morris and, and a record I'm really excited about that that's going to be, you know, my next single is the John, John Batiste pentatonic song called Sweet, which is just a really up-tempo and uplifting, which we need right now, you know. And then has that, has that been dropped yet? No, it's on, it's on my album, but, it, you know, we're going over video concepts now and stuff. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that, you know. And did, just, did you re-record anything with anyone? Did you take some of these songs and re-record them with a completely different performer? No, these are all new songs. They're all new songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like my catalog that would bore the shit out of me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like some old song. No, it's just like new songs. And I'm all about like new songs of what I'm doing now and the songs I'm writing now and yeah. 
Now, tell us about, you know, getting, getting involved with Four Good Days. How did the project come to you? So my friend, her name is Bonnie Abunza. Um, she's an amazing human being. She's like one of the most badass women I've ever met. And she's worked, she worked with, I, I met her when I did, um, when I wrote Till It Happens to You, that Lady Gaga sang from The Hunting Ground. That's when I first met Bonnie. And so we've worked on different movies together. Um, she does like the social activism campaigns, you know, she's pretty hardcore, like human rights. I mean, she's just, she's amazing. And she told me about, about Four Good Days and she goes, I, I, there's a movie I, I need you to see and if you get inspired to write a song, we'd, we'd love you to do, a, do the song for it. And it was at the beginning of the pandemic, like right when, during like the beginning of the shutdown. And I watched the movie and it just, it's so powerful because there's, you know, you know, drug addiction is, you know, it's such a terrible thing right now. And there's so many people like, you know, dying, you know, there was a hundred thousand people OD'd last year. And, and this, this, you know, this movie is based on a true story, mother and daughter, and it does have an, a happy ending that a lot of these stories don't have, you know, and, and so I wanted to write, you know, I wanted to write a song, you know, about resilience, about that whatever you go through, that, that there is hope and you can get through it. And then I happened to be writing it because I sat down after watching the movie the night before. I went in my office and it was just kind of eerie because there was no cars on the road. This was, you know, at the beginning of the shutdown, it was like, wow, it's like, it was like the end of the world, you know, it was so weird. But me being me, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go to work. No one's in my office, which I fucking loved, you know, the, the, bri the bright side of, 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 of COVID was like nobody was in my office and I just could get, you know, just had no distractions, you know. So I sat at the keyboard and I had this string sound on it and I came up with that chorus. I was like, oh, like this is so, this, it really, it started make it made me cry and those are the good ones, you know, and I, it just, and I felt like while I was writing the song about this movie, for, for the movie and, and, and about the characters in the movie, it just, add, there was a whole other layer on top of it that was going on in the world and what everybody was going through. So everybody was, was really going through a hard time, you know, but yet through, you know, you know, the darkest night will find the day, you know, like no matter what you're going through. So it just, it just, I was writing it and it just felt really, really powerful to me. Like, I was like, wow, you know, and so. And then tell me about getting Reba to sing it. This is, this is like, the third time you've worked with Reba? Yeah, yeah, I'd worked, we had a, I had a big hit with her called I'll Be, but a, a long time ago, like 20 something years ago. So she's done a couple of my songs, but so when I'm, okay, when I'm doing a song for a movie and I'm, and I'm getting the artist, to me that's cast, I'm like a casting director. Cause that, that, that artist has to be authentic to that movie, right? So you, if you see the movie, you can, you can, you could see that Glenn Close would, could listen to Reba McIntyre. Mm -hmm. You know, that that would just, you know, that she'd, that, that she'd be a fan of Reba's, you know, and not to mention Reba, you know, just her, she, she, she like epitomizes resilience, you know, resiliency and, and being a survivor. And, you know, she just has that about her and it's, it's actually in, in every note she sings. So, so to me, there was no, no second choice. Like this, this had to be Reba. Did you write the song from both Molly and Deb's point of view? The characters? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because it, it applies to both of them. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The movie is, it's like, how wasn't this nominated? I mean, they, two. And their performances, too. Like, their performances are amazing. I think it's the best thing Mila's done. That's what I was saying. Like, Glenn Close is always great, and she's great in yeah. this. Yeah. But Mila Kunis was like, that was, you just like, no one would ever know that's even, I, I was, I remember Mind blowing. You know, I, I called her and said, you need to do an Oscar campaign. You need to, like, you, you, you should go after this because your, your performance is, you know, is just stunning. Like, I mean, it's, it's so left field to what people know, or, know, know of her, you know. Are you, because um, you, were, you were mentioning it's a casting process when, yeah. when you're getting the artist. Yeah. Are you, are you just badgered by performing art? Are they like, can you write something for me? Can you write something for me? Can you write something? Are you like, yeah, are you like? Yeah, I'm busy right now. No, no, I mean, it's not like I'm not badgered. Look, I, I, I love when people want me to give them a song or do a song with them. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't ever take that for granted. I'm like, you know, so yeah, that's, that's a positive to me if that happens, you know, but yeah. A, a, a few things about independence. First of all, way before I think the whole concept of owning your own songs, you you own your canon. Can you? I, yeah, I own all my songs, and it was including a, "Rhythm of the Night." I do. I just got that one back. Yeah, I own "Rhythm." Of Can the Night. you explain that? Because you, you, I mean, you were I mean, thinking about this far in advance. Yeah, I but think, it, okay, but it wasn't like I was trying to be a really that I was a really smart businesswoman. I this it really was one of those happy accidents because I was I was signed to a publisher and I was in a lawsuit with them. And so and I just had like I think I just had Rhythm of the Night, you know. It was yeah, yeah, I'd had Rhythm of the Night already. And you know, I was kind of making no money and I recouped a million times over and you know, but you know, long story short, it, it just, you know, I left him and I still had a couple of years left and he sued me and everybody was trying to sign me for like more money than I'd ever seen in my life. I was making like, you know, $300 a week or something, you know, and the money hadn't really come in yet. And when he sued me, all the money got tied up. So I, like, I, I had no money. And so all these publishers were offering me, you know, crazy amounts of money. And my lawyer goes, no, you can't sign because you're in a lawsuit. So you have to start your own company. So I thought, you know what? All right. You know, I'll call it real songs because that to me, I, that's what it's all about is writing real songs. And I was surprised nobody had it. Like I thought maybe a film company would have it R-E-E-L, but they didn't. So I got, I, I got the name. I um, kind of, you know, had a bunch of hits and never looked back. I, you know, I, I never looked back. And but I, I mean, it's, all this, so. it's the most brilliant thing since, you know, I mean, you're smarter than Paul McCartney. Arguably. No, I, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, that's, you know, as far as, yeah, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have suggested to Michael Jackson that he buy a publishing <laughs> company, you know, but he th- didn't think he would buy it out from under him. But um, no, I mean, it wasn't even smart. Like, so, you, you know, thank you for thinking I'm smart, but that it was just because it, it happened, you know, and I just, again, I never look back and I'm not going to sell my catalog. Like every day I see somebody else, I mean, I think Neil Diamond just did it yesterday and Sting was last week and Springsteen, you know, last month. And I mean, I just, I wouldn't do it. Now, all of these songs, you know, these. Mostly I've written them by myself. So that, you know, 
These 13 nominated songs, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us, Because You Loved Me, How Do I Live, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing from Armageddon. All of these you own. I do. I, I co-wrote Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now with my friend Albert Hammond. So that mm-hmm. we co-own that one. Um, but yeah, you know, everything else I own. And, and for those that may not be familiar with the music industry, how does this work? Every time it's played in a dance hall, every time... Every time it's played on the radio, is is ASCAP keeping track of this? And yeah, then they get they're, they're supposed to. Yeah, I'm not sure how they exactly do it, but yeah, when it gets played, you know, if it's in a movie, if it's in a commercial, at a wedding. Play. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, I don't think there's somebody at every wedding, you know, writing down. Okay, they played because you loved me. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation? Can you look? You know, when, when when these directors put together movies, they want to use songs and in particular instances, performers don't want to lend their songs. Can you share an instance where, both sides, one where you were excited to share a song again that you wrote and maybe another where you're like, nah, no, you can't have it. I, you know, no, this I, is- I, I don't usually say you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean- I mean, if it was something I didn't, that was, you know, that I didn't believe in or something or like, you know, then I wouldn't do it. You know? Outside of your nominated songs, was there another song in your canon that you wrote that got used in a film that, you know, just that wasn't originally rich, you, written for a film, but that got used in a film where you were like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. You want to know what, <laughs> what it was? What was it? The, you need to watch The Sweetest Thing. Okay. You need to watch the... Yes, the, the Selma Blair, Cameron Diaz comedy. Remember the scene what I'm talking about? Or do kids watch this? It had to do with, I, I saw it had to do with a blowjob. That's all I have oh to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah, so, and my son, and the director, okay, God, what's his name? The director came to my office because they, they already shot the scene. It's, it's a big sing-along when something gets stuck, you have to see it. Um, and I, they had shot the scene already, and he was worried that I wouldn't let the, let them use. I don't want to miss a thing. And I, I, and he played it for me. I was like, I was like, I tried to act like really serious. I go, I'm really mad. And he goes, Oh no, that you didn't put me in that scene because it's so funny. So all these people singing along in that scene. You have to see it to know. It was um, the director was uh, Roger, Roger Cumble. Roger Cumble, yes. Yeah. It was Roger Cumble that came over me came over to the that sounded wrong. That came to the um to to show me the scene. And they like they'd already shot it. They thought I was gonna say no. And I was like, Hell yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and they paid me a lot. <laughs> are are you are you working on writing any songs for any other movies right now? Yes, I am. Stay tuned. I'm not talking about them. Okay. Okay. But they're really, but they're really good. Um the um what is your take on the music business now i i remember and, and gosh this was like oh my god maybe 2008 i'm I, i'm 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 kind of reaching here because that may not have been the year but i spoke with jewel and i'll never forget her saying you know i've watched the music industry just fall on its knees like in the wake of of napster and everything it just it just things got traded for free and, and things were out there for free. Has it gotten better? 
I mean, I mean, there's streaming, you know, I mean, that was a long time ago. Now there's, there's streaming, but they kind of have to figure that out. And, and, you know, they don't, they don't pay publishers and writers what they should pay. You know, they, they, but they should figure that out. It, it's still a problem. I mean, that is, yeah. Yeah, that is. Like there's like, because. I mean, like, like someone, someone coming up today, right. It's, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, especially when there's like 10 writers on a song. I mean, I'm kind of a unicorn in this, that I do this by myself, but you know, there's, there's like a lot of writers on a song and then with, with streaming, the money's not great. How is the collaboration process? Be Is it, I mean, here's the thing. I've always thought that if, if you're, you're scoring a film or if you're writing a song or if you're writing a script in Hollywood, you got to be flexible. There's always compromise. Right. But, but how do you cut through and make it your own voice? Is, I, I, just do, all, I just do. I just do. I'm usually, they usually trust me that I'm going to come up with something, you know, that, that works, um, you know, and it's, I don't usually get notes. I mean, the only time that happened was with Pearl Harbor and Jerry Bruckheimer making me rewrite something, you know, 50 times, which was, you know, not that fun. But then I, you know, finally the, the, you know, the song got in there, but usually like, uh, it, it's pretty, you know, I'm trusted, you know, that I'm going to get it right. Cause you know, I, I kind of know what I'm doing, but if I have to change something, I will. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Last year I did, um, I wrote a song called scene that was nominated US right. in Italian. And, um, and I was really proud of the song and it was in English and I played it for, I remember I broke my hand. I fell and broke my hand. Um, and I had to play it on guitar, like with a broken hand. So I went to Eduardo Ponte's house and to play him, play him the song and he loved it. I did a really good demo and, and all of a sudden it's like the song's not working at all. And okay, we'll try some different arrangements. And then I'll, you know, try something. Well, was it musical? And then all of a sudden I was like, well, it's not working because it's in English and the movie's in Italian, you know? So I had Laura Pausini, you know, get, mm -hmm. she sang the song and, you know, I had her work on the Italian lyrics and then all of a sudden it worked. It was like, all right, duh, it doesn't work because it's not in, in England, not in Italian and it had to be, it had to be authentic to that movie. Is, is Reba going to sing the song at the Oscars? I hope so. I, I don't really know much about anything, but I'm, I'm hoping. What is your take? And I'm asking all the songwriter nominated songwriters this. What is your take on this whole thing with the overlooking? They're, they're not telecasting some categories. They're gonna... I don't think it's fair because, I mean, everybody, everybody's nominated and all these categories are important categories. So, you know, to me, the fair thing would be to, to give them all equal time. You know, I mean, it's hard to get nominated, you know, and it's a big deal to get nominated for an Oscar. I mean, you know, look, I stay up all night with my friends, you know, and sweat it out to the last second, you know, and, and I'm sure other people do that as well. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it would be fair to, to show everybody, you know, as opposed to, you know, doing it how they're doing it, but I'm, I'm not the one making decisions. Has, has there ever been a telecast where you've been in that position where there's, it's a year that you're up, you're nominated and they skip song and you're I, like, I was, in a, I was in a situation um, but I'm not going to say what or, or, or what song or what year or anything. And there was, they were only going to do certain songs, right? And then they came to me and said, you know, 
but we're going to do yours and not the other ones. And I go, no, I'm not, then you can't do mine. Like that, that, that would, that would be fucked up. You know, like, like, no, you can't do that. And then not do these other people's songs who have every right, the same right that I do. They were nominated too, you know? And then did they wind up doing all, it all the songs? Worked out. It all ended up at the end of the day working out and they did all the songs. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Great. It's just, yeah, you just gotta, you know, look, I wrote stand up for something. So, you know, you gotta stand up sometimes. Diane, you are, I mean it, a national treasure. And you are a cornerstone. Does that mean you have to bury me? <laughs> and a cornerstone of my childhood. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you always. Thanks, Anthony. I'll see you around. I'll see you soon. I'll see you. I'll see you. All Take right. care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. 